Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Det här är Teach Me Sweden, en svensk historiepodcast sprängfylld med humor där två stycken komiker försöker lära varandra svensk historia. Jag heter Erik Broström. And I'm John DeRollins and in this episode I'll be teaching Erik about a little war that may or may not be the last one here in a while. Is it the war in Bosnia, Herzegovina? <laughs> Maybe. There's some lisps in here. There's some uh, ineptitude in here. And, uh, och lite brevväxling. <laughs> Eller brevväxling är fel ord. <laughs> A little uh, ignoring people that yeah. has grave consequences. Yeah. Stay tuned. Woo! the big Jesus out of I was just sitting here in my mom's room uh, <laughs> slash my studio. Och trodde att jag var din mamma. <laughs> And I was like, where's her melanin? <laughs> <laughs> How did she become a white man? My, looks like you've seen a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was transphobic. She yeah. <laughs> She's a trans herself. Uh, yeah, man. This is uh, Teach Me Sweden. If you've never heard this podcast before, you're in for a treat. First things first, you can go back and listen to like 70s. Exakt, exakt. <laughs> second thing second, yeah. you get to learn about Swedish history through comedy. Oh. I'm going to take this episode an opportunity to teach my friend Eric about a little piece of Sweden. Och jag kommer göra mig lustig. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we do it. And we just make jokes out of it because Eric is one of the best improvisational Uh, comics in Sweden and you are one of the best stand-up comedians in Sweden and we're going to combine like Captain Planet and yeah. the Planeteers yeah. to make <laughs> jag vet inte vilka det är vilka ca- Captain Planet and the Planeteers oh nej oh nej oh nej oh, you don't know about Captain no. Planet what is it it's like a ah, listen up man it's like a, a an, an animated series yeah where you where they're, they're trying to teach kids about environmental consciousness And they have these five kids who have different powers. Each one has a ring. Okay. has a power. And there's earth, fire, wind, water, and heart. These five. Heart? I don't know why. And it's the Indian kid, too. Uh, <laughs> earth is like this African kid. Fire. I forget where they're all from. But they're all international group of kids. Okay. And they combine their power mm-hmm. in order to bring forth the environmental superhero, Captain Planet. Okay. So they'll have like some evil person that works for a factory that's pouring in uh nuclear waste into the river uh-huh. to ruin the town and then the kids come together and they use their powers to stop this guy. But if they really need the superpower at the end of every episode, when your powers combine, I am Captain Planet. Varför kan de inte bara göra en gång och låta Captain Planet vara? They do at the end. No, but I mean they do it once. 
and hey just man, let him hey do man, his thing. hey man, don't try to ruin my childhood. Because <laughs> it wouldn't be a TV show, man. Okay. Jag antar att det är dumt att typ försöka förklara logiken. They got two commercial breaks that we got to get through. You know what I'm saying? Uh, okay, okay. When they got 26 minutes they need, and with yeah. two two-minute commercial breaks, you can't do all of that okay. if they just call <laughs> Captain Planet at the beginning. And he'll, he'll come out with an attitude. Look, motherfuckers, you got your powers. You could do something. <laughs> <laughs> you got fired, man. You could have burnt this motherfucker. Men har de lite kraftig själva också? Yeah, I can burn. Then, like, he'll like, pull the, the earth up to block something. Oh, cool. And wind will blow you know, out something and then fire will burn stuff. Like They do stuff and then but Captain Planet sometimes he's got to come in a wreck shop for real. What does Heart do? I never liked Heart. No. Little Indian kid. Just Indian. loving people. Just, yeah. yeah. Just like, do not lose heart. He would say that all the time. That's his thing? Yeah. Oh, my God. And they say, uh... There's oh, he's the moral, like, uh, he's the pep talker. Uh, maybe. I don't know, but he did have a ring. But there's a jingle. For Captain Hart? Captain Planet. Oh, Captain Planet. And I'm going to sing the jingle now. Okay. Because good shows back then, this is the 80s, 90s. Yeah, Those yeah. shows had jingles. Uh-huh. So it goes like this. Captain Planet, he's our hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. Gonna help us put us under. Bad guys who like to lose their under. And then they say, you'll pay for this, Captain Planet. Who's that? We're the planet. A oh, bad guy. Okay. <laughs> We're the planeteers. You can be one too. Because saving our planet is the thing to do. Looting and polluting is not the way Hear what Captain Planet has to say. The power is yours. <laughs> This is very progressive for an American television show yes. in the 80s, in the 90s. 80s, 90s, man. When I was a kid, man, Captain Planet was that show. I didn't even know they had like an environmental agenda yeah. at all. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I do. And cool. then I lived in Texas for a bit when I was a kid. I'm yeah. going far, but whatever. I lived in Texas for a bit when I was a kid. And and they had like, don't mess with Texas. They do like a cowboy's like, don't mess with Texas for littering. Wow. Telling you if you litter, you're fucking with Texas. And we'll kill you type oh of thing. Oh, my God. Someone's going to shoot you. It's like, it's like being aggressive about don't litter. Oh. That was a litter campaign. Don't mess with Texas. Because then Johnny Bravo's going <laughs> to shoot you. <ya. laughs> Captain Planet's going to kick your ass. <laughs> Captain Planet with a with a buckle with a big belt buckle. You know what I'm saying? You better stop fucking with the environment. That would have killed me, Captain Texas. He never, he never, he never spits his tobacco up. No, no, no. I just swallow it because yeah. I love the planet. They both in the Oaks era, kids. Remember Spit your tobacco in the toilet. <laughs> swallow your tobacco and shit it out later. <laughs> It's me, Captain Planet. Nu börjar det låta som en riktig amerikansk tv-serie. <laughs> Shoot the bad guys with your AR-15. <laughs> Captain Planet. <laughs> right. oh. But this uh, episode has nothing to do with the environment. Jag hoppas att det inte har något med miljö att göra. Jag är trött på miljö nu. Oh yeah, exactly. We're gonna, we're gonna stay away from that. Okay. We're gonna talk about something that I'm gonna bury the lead, as we say, in our field. Okay. After the Russian emperor, Alex I, mm-hmm. concluded the 1807 Treaty of Tilsit with Napoleon, Ooh. Alexander, in his letter on, this, on September 24th to the Swedish king, this is 1807, King Gustav Adolf IV, mm. he informed the king that the peaceful relations between Russia and Sweden depended on 
Sweden's agreement to abide by the limitations of this treaty, which meant that Sweden had to uh, follow the continental system. Vad innebär det då? The continental system in French is called blocus continental. Vad heter det? Blocus continental. Is this French? Uh, yeah, this is French. Blocus uh, continental. Blocus continental. It means that we will keep all the women and the brie. <laughs> exactly. Captain Planet. No, uh, <laughs> it was also called the continental system. It was a large-scaled embargo by Napoleon uh-huh. against the British Empire. And uh, they had enacted it before. So they wanted these. Basically, it's like a NATO type of thing. Okay. So we'll all, Russia... Uh, France and some other countries, and they're all like south of Sweden. But Sweden would have been really nice to have that as a part of it too, especially yeah. considering the water. Yeah. So the king, so uh, Alexander the first was like, "Bro, sign this thing, join us, fuck England." Okay. The king was like, "Napoleon is the Antichrist." Oh, <laughs> that's what he said. Okay. Napoleon's the Antichrist, <laughs> and I kind of like Britain. Uh. You know, they got good food, <laughs> similar to Swedish food. And uh, fuck France. Yeah. So, no, I don't want to be a part of it. But all, but all good stuff. Uh, so what he did was he, he, he said he's going to talk to Britain. Mm-hmm. He's also going to prepare an attack against Denmark. Fan har de gjort Denmark had some, yeah, they're part of the, the block too. Okay. And Denmark, they had some Norwegian uh, possessions. And he had his eye on those. So he was like, uh, I'll, and so he's like, I'm not going to respond to Alexander. Instead, I'm going to let him just not get an answer. Avoid this for a while. Yeah. And we're going to fuck up Denmark. Which brev got lost in the mail. It'll work itself out. I didn't hear it. I didn't get it. <laughs> We have Postnord. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, What yeah. Do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> 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 five weeks for us to find Instead, he ta- attacked Copenhagen. Like, fuck it. Snicked. Because what could go wrong? No, hello. Uh, and Alexander the first was like, what the fuck, bro? Mm. Uh, we got these treaties. I wrote you the letter. You're not responding. So he said, uh, I demand you, Gustav Adolf, close the Baltic Sea to all foreign warships. I need your help with this. Ooh. Let's keep these motherfuckers out of here. Har Ryssland Finland vid det här laget? Eller har vi Finland? We still have Finland okay. right now. Uh, no answer. Gustav <laughs> was like, mm. So then November 16th rolls around. He's like, bro, haven't heard from you. <laughs> I know. Hey, man. Hey, man, it's me, Alexander, bro. I wrote you two times. <laughs> What up? Hey, Slim, I wrote you, but you still ain't called me. <laughs> I thought we would hang. He's like, Stan. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Dido, come in here, Dido. <laughs> Got bed at all. <laughs> I wrote a letter off from Russia <laughs> with designation Stockholm. Didn't show up. Dear Gustav, I wrote you, you still ain't called me. I love my page myself up. <laughs> and my home phone at the bottom. You must not have got him. Probably the phone's not problem. invented yet, but that's not a problem. <laughs> Alexander Graham Bell hasn't done his thing yet. <laughs> so Gustav, in true Gustav fashion, he took two months to respond. It's been it's November now. And then he finally responded, like, yeah, all right, all right. send a raven. Yeah. <laughs> he wrote back, Dear Stan, Dear Alexander. <laughs> Tell him my palms are sweaty. I just ate mom's spaghetti. <laughs> Knees weak, arms are heavy. <laughs> There's blood on my sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. 
Send the bird. <laughs> Love the G. <laughs> this is King G. All right. So, uh, <laughs> so he wrote back, it is impossible to honor the previous arrangements as uh-huh. long as the French are in control of the major Balkan ports. Like, fuck that. Uh-huh. I don't want to deal with Napoleon. Yeah, he's Antichrist. So Gustav, before answering, had already locked it up with Britain. Ah. Uh-huh. This is now February 1808. Uh, But in December 1807, Russia was like, if they don't give a clear, you're either with us or against us. You're going to force us to act. And the Swedish officers were like, King, (laughs) gee, I don't know if we could beat Russia in a war. (laughs) They're bigger than us. They're more experienced than us. It's not a good idea. And Gustav Adolf, he was like... We could defend ourselves against Russia. I'm the real slim. <laughs> <laughs> I beat Papa Doc in a battle. <laughs> uh, Alexander looked at it like, all right, this could be a win for us. If, if the guy wants to be stubborn, then this is our chance to take that little country between us, Finland. Because if we take Finland, mm-hmm. it pushes the Russian-Swedish border right. further from the capital. Yeah. So this works out for us in case of some future hostilities. Between the two powers, we can we can uh, it's better for strategically. So let him keep fucking up, and we can go take it. Yeah. He's giving us a reason, right? And then uh, another reason that this was stupid, and the generals are like telling uh, G, this is a bad idea, is because Sweden already started fucking with Denmark. Yeah. So now you're gonna have a war on two fronts, which is the worst thing you want against a power like Russia. Oh, for fun. Uh, it's war fighting 101. Is what I wrote here. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and the king thought, well. We can fuck with Denmark, but um, it's impossible to really fight Russia because Russia would never attack during the winter. So we got time to beat Denmark and then get back all our forces after beating Denmark and then protect Sweden. I mean, Finland, because they would never attack in the winter. Yeah. Uh, The Swedish plan was to first passively defend. And hold on to the fortifications in the southern coast of Finland because they had good resources and equipment while the rest of the Swedish army would go to the north after that. Then in the spring, once the war starts back up because they won't fight in the winter, they could counterattack simultaneous from the north and the south. Yeah. Uh, when the Swedish army has naval support and the Russian army is going to be all spread over Finland, you know, and uh, it'll avoid major decisive battles is what they didn't want to have big fights yeah so in the early 1800s sweden's war plan to summarize is uh i mean to summarize is passive aggression yeah and conflict avoidance yeah interesting <laughs> very swedish <laughs> very swedish <laughs> Uh, the military leadership had their own uh, strategic ideas. Lieutenant Colonel Samuel Muller wanted to take an immediate offensive, like go at Russia. Fuck it. Let's go at them before they can come at us uh, and uh, do it in the winter, too. Like, fuck it. Let's go. Hmm. And then there was a count diplomatic. He's a diplomat. Count Gustav Moritz Armfeldt. And he was like. He was a count? Yeah. In nice. And he actively delayed the advancing uh, enemies. Uh, in cooperation, this is his idea, actively delay advancing enemies in cooperation with the garrisons in the southern coast, so kind of like slowly reel them in type of thing. Yeah. And these are two very different strategies. So Mm -hmm. the king said, 
Let's do a bit of both. <laughs> Konflikträdd som han var. Ja, men jag gillar grevens åsikt, men jag gillar Möllers åsikt. Jaha. Bägge. Bägge. <laughs> Bägge två. Bägge gör det bara. Uh, general Wilhelm Maurits Klingspor was, uh, was the new general. Now he was going to be in charge. And he got the orders from the king to mix the two ideas together, make mm-hmm. it work out. And uh, this was going to win the war. Mm-hmm. So Russia, <laughs> on the other hand, had a different strategy. Yeah. They were sending spies, man. They were gathering intel uh, the whole time that they're waiting. They're like, fuck it. They got intel on Finland using spies and other sources. The level of detail was so great that the Russian maps of Finland were, in many respects, more accurate than Swedish maps. How do you? Who, who, who owned the place. Of course. They used services of General George Magnus Springporten uh, when forming their plans, and he suggested going forward to an offensive during the winter because Finland is mostly isolated when the seas are frozen. So yeah. It's like the perfect time. Hello. The plan in, involved using uh, fortifications built in the late 1700s, and uh, they were going to be in, in southern uh, Finland because the armies, they, were, they wanted the armies to isolate the fortifications and then take control so they can get the whole south of Finland before they went north. Yeah. And then press the Swedes the whole time on the water, on land. They were just going to go all in. Uh, on February 21st, 1808, 24,000 Russian troops under uh, Frederick Wilhelm von Buxhoeven crossed the border and took the town of Lovista. Jesus. Klingspor still hadn't arrived yet. <laughs> He's making his way there. <laughs> and uh, Lieutenant General Carl... Sakta men säkert! So they had a, a Lieutenant General uh, act as commander okay. in Finland. He's like, you know, I'll hold it down until he gets here. And he, not- and he was notified on the same day. So they sent a fast-ass raven. Uh, Russian invasion is here. And it was impossible to hold the line uh. because the army is not fully here yet. Our, our, our <laughs> fem pesh. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, uh, hello. How many are there? Uh, 24,000. How many are we? Seven. <laughs> and he ordered the army to assemble at Tavistahus. Uh, and then Klingspor arrived on March 2nd, a whole week later. Oh, my God. <laughs> after the war has begun. Okay. And he assumed command. And now that he was here, he could lead his troops into war. So he immediately ordered the army to withdraw. <laughs> Nej. <laughs> He's like, I'm here, and I looked around, and uh, uh, it's a bad idea to fight. <laughs> Titta upp över muren och säger, nu ska de få dem igen. Det är trätt. Det är trätt. Vi drar, vi drar, vi drar. So in uh, Savalax, the Russians forced, also forced the Swedes to withdraw. That's another city. And the king, uh, he wasn't prepared for the attack because they never declared war officially. And uh, a war can't happen if they don't put in for the paperwork. Oh, my God. <laughs> Svenska byråkratin. Det är krig. Nej, det är det inte. <laughs> so there's various fortresses at the time all around Finland. Okay. There's 21,000 Swedish troops, right? Uh, so that's already half the size of the Russians that are coming. Okay. Uh, and the rest of Klingsport's uh, army was unable to leave the south because they're fighting the Danes. Yep. So they can't come up and help out. Yeah. So the Russian advance, swift. First day of the war, they captured Lovisa uh, and and took the uh, Swedish sea fortress of Svartholm. Uh, there's a place called Borgoa that was gone on the 24th. They took uh, Helsingfors on the March 2nd. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. That's the day that he got there. 
another city. <laughs> uh, they abandoned the Swedes. Like fuck it, they left Hang uh, Peninsula. Um, they were uh, so that was taken, of course, because yeah. they had uh, abandoned it on March twenty first. And then on that day, same day, March twenty first, the Russian army took Orbo. Um, and then a small detachment of the Russian army was like, "Oh, let's go get Orland." So they went and did that. God damn so it! Before <laughs> and then before the end, is a city called Vasa was taken as well. Yeah. So Savalax, which is where the uh, the other ones when the Russians advanced rapidly, and then they took on a place called uh, Kuopio, and then Swedish forces just withdrew before the Russians could really like uh, really get to them, and they just destroyed stuff as they left. <sighs> So they're like uh, burning and destroying shit and uh, avoided conflict. Harrigan. <laughs> the uh, Swedish archipelago fleet ships uh, that were docked in Orbo, they torched them so that they can be taken. They had a bunch of guns on them too. So they were, they were like, I guess maybe that's partially why I don't know. What should we do with our flotta? Bränden? Should we not segla iväg med den? No. Ryssen kommer till fots. So we seglar inte iväg. The uh, Swedish fortress of Svartholm, which uh, was commanded commanded by Major Karl Magnus Gripenberg, was not prepared for war, like Nej. most of these places. Det var väl ingen som bad det, va? They had 700 uh, men there, oh. and only a third of them actually had functioning weapons. Vad gjorde de andra? And most of the guns in the fortress didn't have carriages like uh, to hold the bullets. <laughs> so uh, the fortress fell into disrepair and lacked both adequate food and ammunition stores. So uh, this would be information you run up the chain yeah. to let the leadership know that it's not a good idea to go to war. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it never, they didn't, they had no idea that they were so unprepared. <laughs> uh, Vi har inga kanoner. Nope. Vi har ingen mat. Vi, uh, kan, eller kanonerna går inte att hålla fast. Vi har ingen mat. En tredjedel av vapen. Ska vi säga något till kungen? Nah. <laughs> He's not gonna care. I guess I'll just keep the besvär on him. He's busy. Uh, he's busy not answering letters. Uh, and then even the wells there to have to get water, get yeah. water unusable. So uh Vem, vem har kissat i brunnen? <laughs> <laughs> so after the siege, February February 21st, the Russians, they were like, "All right, we're kicking your ass. Uh surrender." Uh. They were like demanded some surrender, but the Swedes were like, "No, we do not surrender. We're running away, but we're still at war. We'll figure this out. Things are going great." And then uh, March second, they're like offered another surrender, and um, they were like, "Nope." And after a meager Russian bombardment, uh, Gripenberg uh, agreed to negotiations on March tenth. The fortress fortress officially surrendered to the Russians March eighteenth after a siege that lasted roughly a month. With just one man having been wounded in action. That's all. En skadad. Only one. I hela kriget. Yeah. In the, no, in the, to take uh, oh. a smart home. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. And then uh, Admiral Carl Olaf Kronstadt, Admiral means it's Navy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was prepared for the war. He's got 6,000 men, 700 cannons, mm-hmm. enough stores to last through the summer. Of and the he next torched year. the ships. <laughs> <laughs> they were strong enough to prevent Russians to, from trying to storm the fortress by surprise. Uh, uh, instead, the Russians hit Sviabordic, mm-hmm. the other city, uh, and they surrendered May 6th, 1808, after prolonged negotiations with Russians as uh, Kronstadt and its council believed resistance was futile. He was like, they're everywhere. They're yeah. all around us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're prepared, but they'll take us all out. So, that is like Finland, or right? Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. They're just knocking out Finland. I don't know Finnish geography, but... Uh, I think so, because everything has been leading up like coastline, okay. Helsingfors, Uobu, going up. Okay. The Russians uh, gained the main body of the Swedish archipelago fleet intact, as well as large stores of supplies and munitions. Jesus. So the burning didn't work. Uh, the Russians advanced considerably, but they had also gained uh, the coastline, as you were saying. After the sea would be clear of ice, there would be nothing to prevent Swedish forces from landing troops on the shore, though. Yeah. So now we got a little hope. With the Royal Navy supporting the Swedish battle fleet, there was little the Russian battle fleet could accomplish. Yeah. The English. Right. Capture of the main body of the Swedish archipelago fleet had resulted in a real advantage to the Russians since it allowed them to gain superiority in the narrow waters of the Finnish archipelago where large ships of the line could not operate. Mm-hmm. Even the powerful explosion at Sveaborg, which destroyed several of the captured ships, did little to change Russian superiority in the archipelago. Mm-hmm. Russians used guns from the burned ship and uh, those which burned during the winter and uh, constructed several fortifica- fortifications on the coast. Mm. Uh, under the next colonel, the Swedish army counterattacked and began to halt the Russian offensive. So now we got a little something, something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Swedish army, uh, they started advancing back south and it got a little bit of success. And uh, the advance was slow. Operations were a lot were halted now because of the thaw. You know, yeah. the yeah, ice yeah, is yeah. now turning into water. Yeah. And uh, one exception was the brigade under Colonel Sandels, which swiftly advanced towards Kuopio, trying to take that back. Uh-huh. And then uh, uh, this Russian general, Tukov, Tukov. was dispatched mm-hmm. to the north of Finland, mm-hmm. and he left garrisons in every fort along his way. And it reduced his unit to 4,000 troops, which wasn't enough to uh, to hold them off. And the Finns, they started guerrilla fighting. Nice. 
like so, hiding out in trees and shit and like setting yeah. traps and like fighting like Vietnam type shit. Snicked. Uh and uh they started trying to take some some way back. Now by May, Russians they suffered more setbacks. They got driven away from uh Gotland. Oh, the Marigotland also. Yeah, and Orland. Yeah. And there was a Swedish flotilla that was supported by the local populations. So uh a little more kind of uh guerrilla shit yeah and it compelled the small russian force uh left on the main island to surrender then they invaded the island of kumlinga where the uh bulk of the russian garrison on the Orland islands uh, were based mm-hmm. and after a two-hour long battle the local militia together with the swedish landing force overwhelmed their enemies so they weren't just the kungliga men they have about folk yeah don't uh, fuck it they do it i can't do a finnish accent but yeah <laughs> Vi gör det själva. Den där svenska kungen är sån liten tönt. Exactly. And uh, Colonel Vujic and his garrison, they uh, sur- surrendered the, the, what do you call it, Russian. Han took off. Yes. Took off du om mig, sa de. Took off du om mig, eller hatar du mig. Then on May 26, a British fleet carrying 14,000 troops under Sir John Moore, entered the port of Gothenburg. Now we're, Ooh, yeah. we've got some reinforcements. Oh, my God. And yeah. this is the reinforcements the Swedes needed to turn this thing around. However, G, King G, had some disagreements with him. <laughs> and it's probably over some bullshit. They don't say exactly what the disagreements were. Ni måste prata svenska! Did you sign up? Did you sign the papers? Did you send the paperwork? Om ni kommer in i vårt land, måste ni lära er språket. So they didn't stay. They were like, all right, we'll move on and we'll go fight the we can use these guys in France. Yeah. Uh and, so they can, and, and Spain. They were like, we'll go. So they, uh, they said, you know what? Since we can't come to an agreement on uh the troops, got some battleships for you, which you probably can't man because yeah. <laughs> you don't have the troops. And uh here's twenty more ships. So sixteen battleships and twenty like uh travel ships. That you can use, and we're gonna keep going down. We got a war to fight. We don't have time to bicker with the fucking king. Yeah. Uh, so they didn't have those reinforcements. Uh, the two sides fought on through the summer months of June and July. They battled over Gotland in back and forth fashion. Uh, they fought on Orbo. Mm-hmm. The Russians were slowly advancing on Finnish territory, taking control. Uh, the Swedish side was becoming outnumbered as Russia gained land, and their naval presence was increased. To an equal number as the Swedish Finnish fleet. Mm. Imagine if they would have had 14,000 more people. They had helped. They had helped a little bit. The Finnish guerrilla tactics were slowing them down a bit, but it was still coming down to numbers as the coastal support was now penetrated. Uh. By the end of July, small forces, uh, the small forces Sweden had landed, and the men that had supported them were either beaten or withdrawn back to their ships. Okay. So now we're in the fall of 1808, and the war waged on through August and September, uh. with Sweden trying to hold the line and win small battles throughout the land. The problem was there was still that French, the pesky French and Denmark thing going on, <laughs> and it's taking half of their troops, and yeah. they weren't equipped to defend off Russia at the same time. And by November 1808, the Russian forces had overrun all of Finland. Shit. On November 19th, the convention of Okie was signed. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Okie <Okey-okey. laughs> They were just like, okay, the meeting has begun. 
Okej, okej. <laughs> så Finland är vårt nu. Okej, okej. <laughs> det kan komma på din nya names. <laughs> So the commission of Okayoki was signed and the Swedish army was forced to leave the Finnish countryside. Uh, the Russian emperor now got a little, got a little gas on his chest, as my eh, grandma would like call skön, it. Like yeah. So no. now he was eager to bring hostilities to the territory of Sweden proper, yeah, which was certain to bring the war to a victorious end. So he's like, not only do we have Finland, we're going to take the rest. creep over in there. And make these motherfuckers quit. Mm-hmm. With this objective in mind, Kaminsky is uh, one of the uh, advisors in Russia. Um, he suggested a daring plan whereby the Russian army was to cross the frozen Gulf of Bothnia, which is not Bosnia with a lisp. Men tjejsan hörde fel. Oh, he has a, he has a lisp. So, but, uh, he wants to go by Bosnia. <laughs> The the king sent all of the troops to Bosnia. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then the Swedes won. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where's Bosnia? <laughs> no, no. I mean, for real. <laughs> no, where is it? As I, I'm guessing it's around the west side of uh, of Finland. I'm guessing. I don't I know. Yes, yeah. But one unit was was supposed to march from Vasa towards Umeå. So this has got to be the north. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. And uh, the other from Orbo to Åland. Oh. And then towards the vicinity of Stockholm. Oh, so Bosnia must be Bottenhavet. I think, because uh, it's Östersjön. Oh, so it's and then the it Gulf. Bottenviken, heter det. Okay. So just where where it, where they meet at the at the point. Okay. I think that up is Bottenviken. So, so that's that the be Gulf there. of Bothnia. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then a third unit would advance into Sweden by land, going around the Gulf and through the town of Tornio. Right. Yep. Now we're in the spring of 1809 as Russian forces embarked upon their unprecedented march across the frozen Gulf. King Gustav the Fourth, Gustav Adolf, uh, was accused of fatal mistakes leading to the loss of Finland. He was dethroned. Wow. In Stockholm on March 13th. And his uncle was proclaimed Charles the 13th of Sweden. Karl the 13th. Mm. Uh, four days later, the Bagration's corps of 17,000 men occupied the strategic Orland Islands, while Kulnev led a vanguard across further across the frozen sea and on March 19th reached the Swedish shore within 70 kilometers from Stockholm. And then uh, when news of Kulnev's incursion spread to the Swedish capital, the new king sent an embassy to Knording proposing a truce. He's like, fuck this war shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got your letters. I got your letters. (laughs) (laughs) I found them. Uh, Normally, this takes two months. (laughs) No, my predecessor, he's he's, uh, he's illiterate. He can't read. (laughs) I can. I'm Charlie. (laughs) The Russian commander, of course, agreed. Mm -hmm. Speedily recalled Kulnev back to Orland. Meanwhile, the other Russian contingent, as 5,000 men, endured a great hardship in crossing the frozen gulf further north, and they entered Umeå on March 24th. The third force, commanded by Count Shubalov, struck against Tornio, uh, and uh, braving fierce frost encircled the Swedish army, which capitulated on 
March 25th, six days later, the Tsar arrived in Oobo and on learning about the truce, not only revoked Knorring's signature, but named Barclay de Tolle as the new commander-in-chief. Hostilities thus continued until May. Shit. When the Shuvalov finally reached Umio, where he was succeeded by Kaminsky. Then we're in the summer of 1809, second to last battle of the war at Rattan near Umio in uh, Vestavotten. Yeah. A British Royal Navy fleet under Admiral James Salmares had arrived in Sweden in May, and he concentrated his ships, 10 ships of the line and 17 smaller ships to the Gulf of Finland. Presence of the British naval units kept the Russian battle fleet strictly confined to Kronstadt. Imagine if the Gustav would have... Uh... Right. And after the British constructed uh, artillery batteries to the Porkala Cape, they cut off the coastal sea from Russian ships. And then total British control of the Gulf of Finland was a large obstacle to Russia. Yeah. So now they can't get through. They can't use the water. Uh, and the Royal Navy captured 35 Russian ships and burnt 20 others before leaving the Baltic Sea in September. Shit. 1809. Uh, in August, Charles XIII, anxious to improve his position at a peace settlement, ordered General Gustav Wachtmeister to land in the north of Sweden and attack Kaminsky's rear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, engagements at Savar and Rattan proved inconclusive, and Kaminsky succeeded in neutralizing his belated counteroffensive, following up with a final victory over the Swedes at Piteå. Huh. So now, yeah, uh, <clears throat> but that was that was the that was basically the end. Vakmeister's action was only a prelude to the peace negotiations that opened in August and resulted in the Treaty of Fredrikshamn. Uh, in which Sweden ceded the whole of Finland and all of its domains east of the Torn River, which is uh, then called Vesterbotten and today Norrbotten. Yeah. And then, and uh, Russia took over that. Wow. Sweden then joined this continental system. Oh, my God. <laughs> and closed its harbor to British ships, leading to a formal declaration of war on Great Britain. Well, fun. Assholes. <laughs> A few months later, on January 6th, which uh, we now know as uh, when they tried to overthrow the U.S. government. <laughs> a few months later, on January 6th, 1810, the Russian government mediated the Treaty of Paris between Sweden and France. Ah, so it became the same Frankrike also. Yeah, but they had the treaty. Yeah. Uh, and Russia would create the Grand Duchy of fin- Finland. Duchy? Duchy? Yeah, the Duchess. Uh, the Dutch. From uh, the territory obtained from Sweden and would detach the areas gained from Sweden in the 18th century. Uh, there was an analysis done on this. This is like the, the it's the end of the war. The analysis done said that sufficient stocks of supplies had not been prepared for the Swedish army. Yeah. Since King Gustav, the Fjord the Adolf, thought it might be taken taken as provocative by the Russians. <laughs> Furthermore, Swedish strategy relied on outdated plans for Finland, which took into account neither the advances of in weaponry weaponry. Mobility of the armed forces or the greatly improved road networks of Finland. So they were just operating as if it was the 1500s or something. Vilket stolpskott. Alltså om inte jag hade precis <laughs> lärt mig om typ 7000 kungar från Vasätten. Då hade jag dykt in i den här stolpskottet. Men jag orkar inte. <laughs> Fy fan vilket pucko. Most of the fortifications of Finland had not been completed. And those were, uh, that were completed had mostly fallen into neglect and disrepair. Even the strongest of the Swedish fortresses, Sveabori, still had several of his planned fortifications missing, 
most notably all the land side fortifications designed to protect against a besieging enemy. Där behövs du inte. Det behövs ju inte där. We got this. Därifrån kommer fienden. Ska vi sätta upp någonting där? Nej. We got it. We got it. In 1808, a British expeditionary force under John Moore arrived in Sweden, but after months of idleness, the part in the beginning of the war became known as the Spanish War of Independence. Uh, had the king accepted the landing of 10,000 British troops in Skåne, where the expeditionary force had been authorized to disembark, it would have enabled the Swedes to release at least 10,000 trained soldiers for the Finnish War, uh, which is what this is, the Finnish War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As it happened, the bulk of the Swedish army, including the best units, were kept out of the Finnish War by the king, who reserved them for his plans for conquering either Kjæland, I guess, S-J, Kjæland, yeah, it's Kjæland. part of Denmark, yeah. Or Norway. Yeah. Swedish landings were invariably made with poorly equipped and trained forces, often with troops who had very low morale. Landings were further complicated by the Swedish Navy's failure to tightly block the coastal sea route past Hanga. According to two 2015 studies by political scientists Jan Toriel, Jan Toriel and Bo Rostian, Sweden's loss in the Finnish war led to reforms of the Swedish bureaucracy. Okay. <laughs> Imagine that. Prior to 1809, Sweden had a reputation as one of Europe's most corrupt countries. Nah. But the loss in the war created the perception of an existential threat in the East for Sweden and motivated Swedish elites to reform its bureaucracy. Interessant. The motivation behind the reforms were to make the Swedish state more effective and functional and thus protect the ex- existential threat in the East. So it's because of this that we have uh, Vårdkör och Skatteverket och andra <laughs> yeah, all byråkrati. This, all this other stuff that, to, to set us in straight. <laughs> and that is the story of the, the Finnish, Finnish war. war. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sad that it finished so badly. Vad intressant. Jag har hört talas om finska kriget, men jag har inte vetat vart i historien det har varit. Intressant. Because we've talked about Gustav Adolf and we've talked about uh Charles the 13th. Yeah, but passing like in passing. Yeah, because yeah, because we focus on like Gustav the Andra Adolf, and this is much later. Yeah. What an idiot. Mm-hmm. It's like, and but this—that's the last time Sweden was at war. Yeah. Oh shit! You stare. It's the last time. Yeah, they stopped that's this. That's it, year. right? Yeah. So that's a good thing. Crazy. But yeah, that's it, man. That was. God uh, damn it! Thank you very much. You little Sweden right there. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, interessant. also it was cool, man. Yet interesting. Uh, thank y'all for listening. You can uh, check us out more. We we got a lot of episodes. If this is your first one you heard or you haven't heard them all. Go back. A lot of fun episodes in the past. I, I listen back sometimes. It's good stuff. It's it's cool, it's cool. And you can send us uh, suggestions. suggestions. Ja, yeah. ifall du vill att jag ska prata om någonting ur svensk historia, då kolla först att vi inte har pratat om det. Yeah. Och så skriver du till, uh, till skriv så här, till Erik på uh, teachmesweden.gmail.com yep. uh, Och om du vill att det är Jonathan som ska få det skriva på engelska och skriv to Jonathan. Yeah. För vi, vi ska inte se varandras um, yeah, exactly. uh, ämnen. We take it very seriously. Yep. We do not Look at each other's stuff, man. We have no idea. <laughs> and, we don't uh, look at each other's stuff, all right? <laughs> and if you, uh, but you can write it in Swedish for me. Just make sure that in the title you write 
that it's to me. Yeah, right, right, right. So, right. That, uh, so don't feel like you have to have perfect English or anything like that. Men bli Patreon också för att uh, mm. uh, uh, p- patreon.com slash teach me Sweden. Yeah. Uh, jag tror att vi har typ så här 200 000 patrons nu eller något sånt där. <laughs> det går skitbra så uh. bli en av dem. Bli vår 200 000. Det är uh, ett. Yeah. Varför inte? Get ad-free episodes and uh, extra conversations before and some extra stuff. So yeah. uh, stay tuned for that and uh, thanks for checking it out. Oh. It's been Jonathan Rollins. We're Rick Broström. Teaching you Sweden. Fred. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.